Welcome to Make Me Your Voice with Pastor David Bartowell. These messages are intended to deepen your faith and trust in a living God who speaks to us with hope and reason. Today's message comes to us from the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. Thank you for joining us again. God willing, we'll be moving into a new location, but it's up to the Lord as far as the timing, so we continue to pray. Your prayers are really appreciated. When we move to our new location in God's time, if you're checking us out, we'd love for you to come. It'll be in this area, Southern Orange County, Mission Viejo area. We'd love to meet you in person. When I was a young teenager, my brother and I had the opportunity to meet Rick Dees. I don't know if you remember him. He was the morning DJ on KISS FM. He was very famous. We set up an appointment to meet him about our band at his house in Beverly Hills one evening. I was too young to drive, and my mom drove my brother and I in pouring rain. It took two hours in pouring rain, horrendous traffic, to get there. And we arrived there, knocked on the door, no answer. Rang the doorbell, no answer. And we saw lights on in the house and people walking around, but no one came to answer the door. And we waited there for a while, got back in the car and drove back home. It was a very discouraging event. The good news is Jesus always answers. He says, knock and the door will be opened. Many Christians don't knock or they knock lightly or faithlessly. And today, we're going to read a parable where a woman, a widow, would not stop knocking. She was not going to give up until she received justice. Was Jesus upset about what she did? Quite the opposite. And we can learn a lot about how to pray from Jesus's parable. Today, I'm beginning a three-part series called The Build-Up to Easter, Three Weeks of Struggle. We're going to look at Jesus's life for his last few weeks, find out what's important, what he did, and then we can model our life after him. Now, we can't be sure of Jesus's ministry timeline to the exact day, but what we can do is see what's important to him as his life on earth was beginning to end. We begin this series in Luke 18. You might want to turn there in your Bible, and we're going to talk about the parable of the persistent widow. We're going to learn a lot from her as well as the judge. Here's the deal. When you pray, make sure you pray all the time. Don't stop praying. And a lot of people think, well, prayer has to be a certain time, you know, in a certain place. I pray just like I'm conversing to the Lord. I talk to him. I uh, share my heart, even though he knows my heart. It helps me get closer to him. And that's what Jesus said to his disciples. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them, so that's the purpose of this parable, that they should always pray and not give up. Always pray, not give up. If you were to take a spiritual maturity assessment, which spiritual discipline would you rate highest? And which might you rate lowest? For me, probably the highest spiritual discipline would be Bible study. I love to study the Bible. I spend hours a day studying the Bible and working on this discipline. Sadly, one of my lowest, I would say, would be prayer. It's not that I don't pray, but I know I could pray more. 
And I'm actually embarrassed to admit that as a pastor, but (laughs) I spent all this time studying about God, and maybe I need to talk to him more. Now, Jesus prayed all the time. He tells his disciples, pray all the time. He tells them to pray and not give up. Now, the one thing I can say is that I do not easily give up on certain things. God has given me a spiritual gift of faith. And when some people say that can't be done, my response is God can do it. God has always been faithful and he will continue to be faithful. See, my brother and I, when we went to Rick D's house and he didn't answer, we felt dejected. We knocked. But here's the thing. God closed the door. He had something else for us. And that's a good thing. God never gives up on you. He never gives up on you. He will never not answer your prayer. Now, he might answer it differently than you want it to be answered, but he always answers the prayer of his saints. Those are in the church. So when you pray, do not give up. I already said that, but it's so important because this parable speaks of a widow. We automatically think of a widow as an older woman, but not necessarily the case. I mean, there's younger widows, but the point is she was helpless in what she needed done. There was no one to help her. When Jesus shares a parable, it's always for the purpose of revealing something about God and his kingdom. So we need to see what is Jesus saying about God and his kingdom. And it always includes people, characters in the story that represent God's kingdom, how it works. So here we have two main characters, a judge and a widow. And if you were to put each on a social map of important people, the judge would be way up here and the widow would be near the bottom. So this widow was kind of like my brother and I trying to go talk to a really famous person. But the message Jesus wants you to hear is that no matter who you are, your social status, your gender, your age, if you are God's elect, God's chosen people, you have more status in God's kingdom than any earthly judge or superstar, and your voice will be heard. So let's look at this passage today. This is leading up to Jesus's crucifixion, so we want to take heed on what's important here that he's saying. And it starts off in Luke 18, verse 1. Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart or not give up. And he said this, in a certain city, there was a judge. He didn't fear God. He didn't respect people. And there was a widow. And she kept coming to this judge saying, give me help. Give me protection from my opponent. And the word there really is adversary. Give me protection against my adversary. And for a while, this judge was not willing to do it. But afterward, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect people, this widow is bothering me. 
and I'm going to give her what she wants, that legal protection. Otherwise, she'll just keep coming to me and coming to me. She's wearing me out, wearing me out. So let's stop there for a minute. First of all, what do we find out about each character? The judge, he doesn't fear God. He's not a believer. He's an unbeliever. The widow is under some type of persecution by her adversary. And she came to the judge to get protection. But he wasn't willing at first. So, who do these two people represent? Well, the judge represents those who are of this world, of the kingdom of the world. They don't respect God. They hate God. They hate God's people. They judge harshly and treat God's chosen people with contempt. They want you canceled. The widow represents the elect, God's chosen people, the elect, who are persecuted all over the world. We've gone through some persecution, more than what we're used to, but there are places in the world you can't say you're a Christian, you can't say you believe in Jesus Christ, you get your head cut off. So this widow represents the church, the elect, and they're persecuted. They need protection. Who's going to protect them? The world isn't going to protect them. This judge particularly represents an unbelieving, mean, self-centered person, basically. Now, there's the third person character in this story, but we don't know much about him, except he's the widow's adversary. Now, do you know that the word Satan, Satan, means adversary? Here we see the widow is being persecuted by an adversary as we are persecuted by an adversary who uses people to accomplish his purpose, which is to kill, steal, and destroy. But what do we see here? We see the widow never given up, and we have this adversary who's not given up either. Now, as I said, it would be only a few weeks maybe less, when Jesus was telling this parable, this story, where Jesus would be handed over to the Gentiles, to the judges of the world, so to speak, and they would persecute him, torture him, spit on him, mock him, and kill him. So I think Jesus is involved personally in this story as well. Because in fact, right after this parable, later in Luke 18, Jesus says this to his disciples. He said, he took the 12 aside and said to them, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. Now notice all the verbs that are, we are, we will. Okay. And all things which are written through the prophets about the son of man will be accomplished for he, Jesus, will be handed over to the Gentiles the judges of the world, and will be mocked and mistreated and spit upon. And after they have whipped him, they will kill him. But on the third day, he will rise again. See, Jesus' story is our story. We experience similar things as the elect, as the church, as his people. Now, thank God we don't have to go to the cross to pay for our sins, but we will be persecuted. We will be mocked. They will try to cancel you. We will die physically. 
unless Jesus takes us in the rapture before that, but we will rise again. And these are all going to happen. Jesus was very clear. This will happen. Think about being one of the 12 disciples. Jesus keeps telling you this, and he's going to die. And I'm sure when he gets to the part, I'll be handed over to the Gentiles, they will crucify me. Maybe they checked out. Remember? What did he say after that? I will rise again. But can you imagine hearing Jesus keep telling you, I'm going to go die? You have to have that context as well. That's why he's saying this parable, really. He's saying, look, things are going to get bad, but don't give up. Keep praying and be like the widow in the story who had no hope outside of God's intervention. Have you ever felt like that? Man, unless God comes through, this ain't going to happen. I feel like that a lot. You know, we live in a world that is against you, the leader of the kingdom of this world. Satan, Satan, is your adversary. And we belong to another world, a better world. And the good news is our judge loves us and wants us to not lose heart. Because when he comes, he will bring justice for his people. Now, verse 5 is a little perplexing where the judge says she bothered me and wore me out. Is Jesus saying that we should just try and wear God out with our prayers? Just like continually, you just wear him out and then he'll come through. You know, I'm going to talk him into doing what I want. No, that's not what he's saying. First, you can't compare the evil judge with God. See, this judge was never concerned about the widow. Do you know this? He only did this so he could get rid of her. And actually, this is interesting, the term wear me out is an idiom that means give me a black eye, meaning to experience public shaming. So the judge didn't answer her plea because he cared for her. It was just the opposite. He answered her plea so that he would not experience public shaming for denying a helpless widow. It wouldn't look good on his resume. He was only in it for himself as are all virtue signalers. You know what that is? Those are people who want to impress you with their righteousness. They want to show you how unsexist they are. They want to tell you how unracist they are, how righteous they are. But it's always for them. It's not from a heart of help and concern. They don't want a black eye. They don't want to be publicly shamed. They don't want to be canceled. They don't care about you. Second, the widow represents those who are under persecution for their faith. She is like the ones who are under the altar in heaven crying out, How long, O Lord? They're mentioned in Revelation 6 where it says, They cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood and those who dwell on the earth? They're saying, Lord, when are you going to come through? When are you going to balance the scales? We've been killed and martyred for the sake of you and the gospel. When are you going to come through? And what's God's answer? Is he saying, oh, just, you know, I don't listen to you or I don't care. No, what he says in the next verse, each of them is given a white robe 
And they were told, wait a little longer, and this is amazing, until the full number of your fellow servants, your brothers and sisters, are killed just as you had been. See, the judge, he's a picture of the kingdom of the world. The widow is the picture of the kingdom of God in heaven. And to be honest with you, I'm glad Rick Dees didn't answer the door because I might have missed heaven. God closed that door. As he's closed many doors that I thought I wanted open. The main door for me that God's open is heaven. But I might have missed heaven if I would have not surrendered to the Lord's will. So God's justice is never late. And he will bring justice to his people. So you don't give up. And that's how Jesus continues in this parable in verse 6. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now... Will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? No, he won't. He will come through. But it might not happen when you want it to happen. God will answer your prayer. He'll answer it according to his will. And it might not be in your time. I mean, think about the last year. So many unjust things happened. I mean, think about the church in general the term essential workers, and I respect people who are on the front lines working and helping people, but isn't the most essential work work for the Lord? Our adversary wanted to shut that down. And boy, he did a good job using some of our government officials. And how about all the lawsuits that came out of that? From churches wanting to open up, realizing we can't be shut down. God doesn't shut down. The church doesn't shut down. It's a different world in which we live now. And justice, to me, it seems slow to come, you know? They might try to close your church. They might try to ban the Bible. Do you know they're trying to cancel the Bible? Yeah. But God will bring justice. See, Jesus is referring here about the justice that will come when he comes again. So who are you like in this story? the judge or the widow. Hopefully, you're like the widow. You are his elect. Now, the term elect is easily misunderstood. How does someone become God's elect? Because the Bible says that we were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. Well, there's a story of a man who who go to church every Sunday, but only mostly for his wife's sake. He would sit in the pew every Sunday, but he wouldn't believe. And one Sunday, the pastor was preaching on the elect, in particular Ephesians 1, 4, where it says God chose a elect before the foundation of the world. And after the sermon, the pastor noticed the man sitting on a chair looking disparaged. The pastor asked, what's wrong? He says, pastor, I don't know if I'm elected or not. The pastor asked, do you want to be God's elect? He said, yes. He said, well, then pray with me. And the pastor led him in a prayer of faith and commitment to Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And after the prayer, the pastor said, good, now you're elected. You see, God wants that no one will perish. He offers every person the opportunity to be his elect. And it's only his elect who will receive justice. Those who are not his elect will receive judgment. And the scales will be balanced. Your adversary will not get away with it. That's what is amazing to me about 
our adversary, Satan. He just keeps going and going and going. His end is being thrown in the lake of fire, but he doesn't give up. So we shouldn't give up praying and trusting God. And the last thing is you've got to pray with faith. Pray with faith. Jesus ends the parable this way. When the Son of Man comes, will he find that kind of faith on earth? What he's saying is when I come back, will I find the faith like this widow on earth who kept going and trusted God all the way to the end until she received justice? What do you learn from that final statement? Jesus, the Son of Man, who took your place on the cross, will come with justice. It's a done deal. When's he coming? Soon. But his soon is not the same as our soon. I mean, how long does this widow keep asking for legal protection and justice while she's being persecuted, like the church? How many cry out in the church throughout our nation and the world Different countries saying, how long, O Lord? How long? And it's good to ask that because they're asking it in heaven. How long, O Lord, till you balance the scales, till you bring justice against our adversary, adversaries? God will do it. But here's how he ends that parable. This is important. When I come, will I find people, my elect, who are like this widow Or will they just give up saying he's never coming back again? I'm just going to live the way I want to live. He's never going to balance the scales. So if they get away with it, I'm going to get away with it. No, that's a lie from the adversary. He's coming again. He says he's coming again. And will he find you faithful? Will he find you believing and trusting in him and his justice for the oppressed? I see this so much. It bothers me. What is good, the people of this world turn into bad. For instance, the term social justice. That is a good thing. The problem is they try to manipulate it to be of people, of humans. There is no justice that is going to be pure and right outside of God's justice. We mess things up. It doesn't mean we shouldn't help the oppressed. But let me tell you something. The only one that's going to help the oppressed to the level that is righteous and right is God. And Jesus will bring justice. The widow eventually received justice because she didn't give up. She remained faithful She kept praying. Your prayers don't bother God. I'm telling you right now. He loves when you talk to him. And Jesus expects us, like he expected his disciples back then, he expects us to demonstrate the same kind of faith as the widow as we wait for his return. What did you learn today about God and about yourself in this parable? What are you going to do or how will you allow God to change your heart in areas where you have fallen or have not risen up to where you know you should be in regards to prayer, in regards to faithfulness, in regards to trusting God? I'm telling you, don't put your trust in man. The world will let you down, but God never lets you down.
He's the only one who can bring justice. He's the only one that can save you and deliver you out of this world and into heaven. Trust Him. Believe in Him. As we get closer to Easter, keep trusting Him. Keep trusting Him. Because He's the one that's in control. And I don't want to mess it up. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. You are the righteous judge. You are going to come and you will bring justice to the widows, to the oppressed, to the elect, to the church who are being mocked and canceled and persecuted and even killed. And as they in heaven, we cry out, how long, O Lord? But you say, I will do it. Remain faithful. Remain in prayer. Pray all the time. Don't give up. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor David Bartowell's message reminds us that God speaks to us with hope and reason so that we can be His voice in this world. Please join us again for Make Me Your Voice, a ministry of the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. We would love to have you join us for a Sunday service. For more information or to find our location, please visit thegatecbc.com. Make me your voice.